in a lot of ways goes back to losing my job. And I will say, and this is like, I take ownership over that experience. And I take ownership to the point that like, I had to really reflect upon like how I felt about myself. You have to understand that you might be acting out of fear more often than not. I acted out of fear for a very long time. And in acting out of fear, I was not taking the actions of advocating for myself. I wasn't even letting myself get a win. I want my 2024 to be about advocating for myself, yes, but also giving my full self without the fear, or maybe in the face of the fear. Because the fear will probably still be there. That fear is not going to stop me from giving who I am to the situation. Well, here we are, the final not day, I guess. It's December 30th, 2023. The hardest year of my life. Now, I want to qualify that and say I've been fortunate enough to not have a ton of hardship in my life. So 2023, um, nothing. Kicked it right in the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for opening us up like that. Um, Yeah, hard year. (laughs) How was your year, Abby? It was also really, really hard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I had to. Um, Yeah, it was was definitely a hard year. Um, Maybe the hardest year. I would I would say definitely the hardest year for our relationship. Um, <laughs> we went through a breakup. I lost a job. We moved again. Um, you know, back home from Texas. Our third major move in about two years, I'd say. Um, and all in all, like a very hard year. But as we were just talking about at dinner when you really break it down in terms of like things that went really well and areas of growth that we had and you were to look at it objectively, which is like the impossible part for people to do when they're reflecting upon a time in their lives is they're not looking at it objectively as someone without a a bias towards it. But if you were to do that for each of our years, it would be a massive success. Um, I've had my successes, you've had your successes, we've had our struggles, but I would, I would almost argue that the successes have outweighed the struggles. Oh yeah, if you put it on a list, like, which is what we were trying to do, it's like, even if you just break it down and inventize everything, mm-hmm. there's way more positives than there are negatives, and I think that's for most people, to be honest with you, it just, we talked about this, where um, when you hold on to something, it's usually the negative that you can't stop thinking about. Like mm-hmm. it's the stuff that keeps you up at night where you're like laying in bed thinking over and over again, like the one mistake you messed mm-hmm. up, but everything else, like you just kind of throw to the wayside and put in a box. But it's so important. I think, especially at this time of year, post Christmas, right before the new year to look at your wins and your losses and realize each year you're coming out on top, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a different way you got there. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting time of year because you look back on the year that was and maybe you're a little bit more critical than, than is fair towards yourself and towards the way things went. But then at the same time, so many people, and rightfully so, are looking towards the next 12 months. Um, what's the saying with like rose-colored glasses? Is that, yeah. Is that the saying? Yeah. And it's like you just, I mean, you have hope that it's going to be a really great yeah. year. and 
we hope that it will be, but we don't know. We don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And But here's the thing, though. A lot of the success that we had this year were actually, as we were breaking down at dinner, a byproduct of the struggles that we had. We would not have had some of the best experiences that we had in 2023 had we not gone through some of the worst experiences that we went through in 2023. And even if we would have had them, they wouldn't have been as special. I think yeah. some of these these moments that we'll probably talk about in the podcast were just like really special because we had been struggling and because we knew that we couldn't take anything for granted and our relationship fell into that. We couldn't take our our relationship for granted and it made the time that we spent together, it made the opportunity to uh, grow together like even more special. And I think because of that, we are stronger. Like you actually grow stronger through the resistance that you face no matter how uncomfortable that resistance is. I think it's cool because, like, for a lot of the people who would listen to this, um, and more so maybe your other podcasts, but it's kind of the journey of it all is the most beautiful part. It's not necessarily you get to tomorrow, which would be 12, 31, 2023, mm-hmm. and you think, it's race day, you know? You think, we did it. The event's here. It's We did it. Everything's done. But you look at all the training that came through it and the whole journey for the good stuff, the bad stuff, and you reflect fondly on the year almost to a point where you're like, wow, we made it, you know, and especially like in my line of work, it's just, it's very apparent. And I think more so as I'm getting older is like to be thankful for each extra year you have because you're never guaranteed anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like if you're here tomorrow healthy, you're on top, you know, if you're here coming into the next year, with goals and you have dreams and you have the luxury of being able to dream and make plans, then you're doing really well. You know, I don't think a lot of us will give ourselves a pat on the back like that, but I mean, it goes back to my first appearance on the podcast, but um, I think it's really good to take an inventory of what you can accomplish and what you have, you have already written down. So yeah, step outside of your own reality to see what's actually going on in the world. Because when you do that, you'll notice that what you have going on is not that big of a deal. You got me a really special Christmas gift this year because I I randomly went down a rabbit hole of (laughs) astronomy. One day he just got into space. (laughs) We were talking about astronomy and and like how big the world is and how cool it is to be able to look up at the stars and all these things that make us feel smaller. And I think when I say that, like makes you feel smaller you can almost think like that's a negative. But there's something almost really comforting about realizing that you are pretty small and insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And at the same time, in your own reality, you are the center of that. Um, so I really love like the Christmas gift you got me. It's it's a globe and you can see, you know, the entire galaxy basically uh illuminated through that globe and it's just something to look at and be like, the world's a pretty big place. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's okay that I'm struggling. You know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and it's something that everyone deals with. And that's part of the reason I want to start this podcast is to discuss how we can approach these challenging moments uh, better. Because I think in the way that we handle it, 
we can maximize what we get out of those experiences. I think that this year for us is a good lesson in that, um, especially when we were we got back together and really discussed the challenges that each of us individually were facing. It allowed us to help each other to handle those situations a little bit better. Um, so find those people for you too, whether it yeah. be a significant other or just really uh, solid friendships, which again, like Both you and I, it'll invaluable. be discussed throughout this episode. But I'm like, excited. You and I have just truly tapped into the the magic of like having amazing friends. Yeah. Um, and if those friends are listening to this podcast, you know I who you, you are. So <laughs> I can um, list your names if you want, but uh, you probably already tagged yeah, you in might, this. <laughs> you might forget somebody, so it's not a safe bet to do that. Just know if you think it's you, it's probably you. It is, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love you. So this episode is going to be 10 lessons learned in 2023, the year that was um, five from Abby, five from me. We have not shared these lessons with I'm each so other. <laughs> so these will be new for us. We're going to discuss them. We hope that they resonate with you. These are built out of our experiences. So. You may hear these lessons and it won't resonate, or you may hear these lessons and you have a, a different perception around like how it, it plays in your life. I think that's a really cool part of, about struggle too is, you know, people can understand, but they bring in their own experiences with it. So we hope that you can find this episode valuable. I know I'm excited to have this discussion today. Before we dive into those lessons and as a segue into 2023, and discussing the past year, I want to discuss one word that you, Abby, and then I'll go with mine, one word that you would use to describe 2023. Oh man, so this is the problem, right? I had one at dinner and I almost forgot it. So I'm like, was hoping we were going to vamp for a little bit while I thought of it. I think the word for 2023... It's going to be growth. growth. That was my That word. was it. That yeah, was the that, one. That's the one. Bingo. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. We're about 12 Oof. breadsticks in, so it's kind of hard to, yeah. to really pinpoint what, what exactly we were talking about and to, to recall everything. But yeah, I think the word was growth for you. Why is growth. that your word for the year? Yeah. So um, this year, whether I wanted to or not, I grew. I grew so much um, physically, emotionally, mentally. I... Started off the year strong and ran a freaking marathon. Um, that was incredible. So I grew in the identity of a runner. After that, um, I grew in such a hard season of having to be a friend, like to make friends to outside of our relationship when it was broken and we weren't in a relationship anymore. To you know, growing as an individual, um, getting help, getting therapy. And growing into a power lifter. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and then just like growing in my own identity as a person, um, especially towards the end of the year when we went from our identity being Austin people, you know, the people of the city of Austin in that bubble, and then all the way back home to Shelbyville and trying to keep all the pieces of me from all of our travels the last couple of years intact um, and showing up with that growth. And not letting myself succumb to the pressure of our community here mm -hmm. to fit back into the old box, you know? Mm -hmm. So just a lot of growth. And also, I think I'm stronger. Like, I just feel like I've got a lot of muscles Physically, now. definitely yeah. stronger. 
It's the creatine. What what is <laughs> Yeah, we're not sponsored, don't worry. What is one piece of advice you would give to somebody who wants to be able to say that their 2024 was a year of growth? Oh, it's going to be hard. <laughs> um I don't know, we'll get really into this in a minute here, but I would say if it scares you, but you can't stop thinking about it, you have to do it. I'm so sorry. Like, you're going to have to go for it. You're going to have to say yes to the crazy stuff because that's the only way I grew was just keep pushing forward. And if an opportunity that just felt like I couldn't stop thinking about it or if it just resonated with me or I had this itch to do it or to say, you know, yes to something. I just freaking did it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, there's a lot of times where saying yes was so, so hard because I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, for example, like coming back home, like we had to say yes. Um, I mean, I guess there's a reality where we didn't. We didn't. I mean, that, but, that is the reality, though. Um, we didn't have to say yes. Yeah. But we knew it was pushed. the yes that would move us in favor of what we wanted in the future. Yeah, and it pushed for the growth that we needed. Um, and ultimately I believe we'll see dividends of that in the future, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it's, it's going to be uncomfortable, but if you can't stop thinking about it and you want growth to be your word, do it, just go for it. You got to be a little Um, scared Yeah. to grow. I think my word for 2023 would be illuminating. I think I learned a lot of things about the world and just the way that people function and what that means for my place in the world. And what that means if I want to pursue specific goals in my life. Um, So I think it was just a year of illumination and learning hard lessons that now influence the way that I interact with the world. That's not to say it's a negative thing. Um, There were some illuminating things about like how amazing people are and how important, you know, really impactful relationships are or experiences. Uh, But for me, it was learning those lessons the hard way for sure and that probably goes to your point too of growth so yay (laughs) that is our words for the year of 2023 and now i would love to get into our 10 lessons learned for the year abby i'm gonna have you kick us off with your first lesson learned I don't know why I'm so nervous because it's just like we're having this conversation with me and you and our closest friends who are going to listen to this. Well, Um, one thing I told you at dinner is like, I really wanted to record this episode because I wish we had something like this from last year. I have so many notes. I overprepare, yes. But I, (laughs) not the point, but (laughs) we're recording this for two reasons. Number one, we want something to look back on in 12 months. Yeah. To say, wow, where was our headspace in 2023? This is a, a beautiful way to look back on that together. Yeah. And then maybe replicate the same type of episode moving into 2025. Um, but also, I, I do believe these hard lessons learned, um, if you make yourself a student of life, and if you make yourself a student of hardship in a way, and perseverance, um, Sorry. then it, it really can impact the way that you interact with those challenging moments of your life not to say that they will be easier but if you can bring a more steadfast approach to those issues then um, it can just kind of allow you to move through life um, more gracefully and I think grace is a really big point of emphasis for me moving into 2024 just stole my whole point just kidding (laughs) I'm just kidding (laughs) I'm gonna let you run with it lesson number one go Abby 
Oh gosh. Okay. I have five and you have five, so I have to pick real quick. But um let's go with small actions. Small actions create a strong foundation. That's a huge lesson for me. Um so a huge point of this is that habit stacking has always been so hard for me. Like trying to create a routine is so hard, mostly because of the ADHD, but mostly you know, because if I can find an excuse to not do it, I will try to use that as an excuse because mm-hmm. I don't like to be uncomfortable. Um, but making small little actions can change the way your life works. So for me, a great example is when I was post marathon and we were going through our breakup, I was having a really hard time getting myself out of bed on days I was off of work. Um, all of my friends lived in downtown Austin or they lived in Round Rock. And at that time I hadn't gotten very close to them where I would be able to hang out with them on a day-to-day basis unless I reached out. So I knew that if you run, you get a little bit of dopamine. Um, you get like a little dopamine serotonin cocktail mix. So in order to fight the depression that I was going through of post-breakup, I made myself run once a day at least one mile a day for a hundred days. And just that small action of getting out of the door, making myself get dressed to go do something gave me such momentum to be able to kickstart my day. And once, or even at some point of the day, just to hold myself accountable to say, I told myself I would do this today. No one else is coming. There's no reason I have to do this other than to keep my own word to myself. But that small action helped me trust myself again to help me, um, you know, have a purpose for getting out of the door, make me make plans with other people to go run um, and say yes to a lot of opportunities where I could just go, you know, run in the little neighborhood we've always lived in and go in that little small loop. Or I could make a purpose to go run with someone else. And then I would say, you know, I have to run today. Would you like to run with me? So that that small action created so much of a foundation of, you know, what I want to do. And after a hundred days, I was sick of running. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of the funny part too. But I'll always remember that I can, one, I proved to myself I can habit stack if I want to. And then two, I can hold my word to myself. Can you explain what you mean more by like habit stacking? So um, it's a big atomic habits yeah, which theme, is James Clear book, very which popular. Which is a great book. I recommend it if you want to try to do that. Um, for me, I have always struggled with it. So it's where you have multiple habits at once that kind of compound um, a daily routine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, by habit stacking, like I would have to prepare to run right. every day. So instead of, you know, being okay with not drinking enough water, being okay with not having nutrition, because when you're, you know, going through something hard, it's really easy to forget yourself mm-hmm. um, or to give yourself the pass to not take care of yourself because you are going through something hard and, you know, doing something harder seems impossible sometimes. So for me to habit stack um, during that 100 days meant I'd have to drink water, I'd have to eat well, and I'd have to make time for myself to run and then get clean after I ran. And that was, it was so big. I mean, it's just such a small thing that you can do. But I mean, think about it any other way. Like some people after COVID, they went into the all, like they have to go to the office. So then they're making sure they've got dressed during the day. 
because like the action of getting dressed makes you feel like you're going somewhere. You feel important. You feel more attractive. You feel like you have your life together, you know, by just one small habit of I have to get this one event done, which could be an event like running or it could be like getting dressed or it could be making food for yourself, you know? It's like a domino effect. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember. No. Was it, was the episode title when you were on here last, let yourself win? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's literally what it is. And I believe in that so much. Yeah. Like you can't tackle the hardest challenge of your day if you haven't gotten a win under your belt. That's the way I look yeah. at it. Um, or even at the end of the day, I mean, like I would go out of work and get home at 830 at night and it was a shitty day. Sorry, I just made it explicit. That's all right. Oops. I like seeing the E on there, to be honest. E for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm pretty sure that's a TM, too. Um, But, you know, you maybe didn't feel like you had a win today. You had a, you know, frozen meal for lunch. You cried at work. You barely have it together. And you're about to sit on the couch with some Chick-fil-A. But dang it, am I going to run a mile. So, you know, makes you still feel like you got something done. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a a bad habit, myself included, of like having a few bad things go wrong. Yeah. Just being like, well, today's a waste. Like today's the snowball over. of it all. Yeah, we've lost the day. Let's we'll yeah. just focus on the next day. But, you know, it sounds like for you, you were able to, you know, find some success in every day. And I think that's important, uh, especially amidst a really challenging time of life where more is going wrong than is going well. Yeah. And if you just have that underlying um, success that kind of just continues to reoccur to the point that it doesn't even feel special to you. I'm sure you had so many days where you went on that one mile run. It's like, okay, cool. Went on a one mile run like that wasn't anything. But when you really add it up and what it meant for that time of your life, it's something that you can now reflect on as a pivotal decision that you made in the year. What about you? What's your first one? My first lesson learned is that experiences are always a worthy investment. Oh, no. What? Is that one of yours? That's one of mine. Okay. Oh, it's okay. It's, we'll, okay. We can talk we'll get about it. it. You can run with yours next. So this one for me um, is really special. I feel like there's been many times throughout this year where I've had to make the decision I've gotten to make the decision that I was going to invest in an experience instead of playing it safe in a way. And what I mean by that is quite literally investing my finances and investing time not being spent somewhere else, but then spending it on that experience that I felt like would be valuable enough. And I mean, it was probably a five for five success rate for me this year if I were to really break down every single time that I invested in an experience. The first really notable one for me, because we're on the topic, is when we weren't together. Um, I came home for a period of time back to Kentucky while we were living in Texas. I just had a feeling that it was going to be important for us to get some space, um, for me to get some space, to be honest, from um, a location that had a lot of negative feelings around it. And that's beyond our breakup. That's at the same time uh, of losing, losing my job. And we moved to Texas for that job. So to be in this place that I would have never been had I not gotten that job, and then the job's gone. The person who moved there with me is still there, but we're not together. Like there were a lot of 
really hard feelings uh, involved with that. And I just knew it was probably important. It's just kind of an intuition um, to at least get away from it for a little bit. So I knew I was going to come home. I came home and spent a week, ended up running half marathon. That was a ton of fun. Oops. Um, just jumped into one for but, fun. But then I also had the goal of traveling to Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia's the place my dad's from. Um, and it's just a place that I haven't really gotten to visit as an adult. Um, we were supposed to go for a hockey and a baseball game. I'm still bitter to this day. 2020, I just, I need everyone to know that I should have gotten girlfriend of the year Christmas of 2019 (laughs) because we surprised Austin, me and his parents with back to back closing day for hockey. I think with Mm -hmm. the last season game game. and then it was closing day for hockey and then it was opening day for baseball and we were going to go back to back days as like a, you know, a what what do you call it? Like a coming home thing for his dad. And we were going to go do all of that together. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And then we had to refund our plane tickets. Yeah. And that was, that was something that stuck with me. Like I wanted to find a reason to go to Philadelphia. Um, so I decided, you know what? If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Especially at this time of my life where I'm as lost as it is. I may as well go to a new place and get lost there. So I decided to invest what little money I feel like I had at that time um, into taking a, a solo trip to Philadelphia. And yeah. I spent, I want to say eight days there by myself. Yeah, you were there for a while. Doing whatever I wanted to. And basically whatever I wanted to turned into like making myself dinner, going on long runs, going on long walks and taking a ton yeah. of pictures and like being a tourist by myself. And that was something I will never forget. I hope that every single person gets to go on a solo vacation to a place that they are interested in exploring. Yeah. I've never had such, I I will say like, I didn't feel the clarity when I was there as much as I did when I got back. When I came back to Texas, it was like a, a a light switch flipped in my brain. That was like, I mean, I I was certainly dealing with a lot of emotions. um, And those, those came to the forefront of like how I felt about, you know, where I was at in my life. But I don't think I would have been able to confront those feelings had I not invested in that experience and given myself that space. Yeah. So that was something I'll I'll never forget. It was a a really special um, week of my life that I think was foundational for what the rest of the year became. It felt like you went there and it was a reset, which was interesting because I felt like going into that trip, um, I took you to the airport and we were not together when you left. Yeah. We came, you came back. Appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> we were together, but we weren't together. We weren't together. We were figuring out something. We, yeah, we weren't together until like a few weeks after I got yeah. back. Yeah. But it was just like, even though we weren't together, you kept reaching out to be like, look at this cool stuff <laughs> I did today. And you could tell like you were, yeah, you were genuinely having such a good time. You wanted to tell me about it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think I got out of the cycle of just overthinking things. Yeah. And I just let what felt right happen. Um, and I didn't really know what felt right. It was just like <laughs> discovering as I go. It was almost as like I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, and that was really cool. And that was something I'll never forget. And it also set up more decisions that I made in that year moving forward. Um, a trip that we can discuss more here in a little bit, but a trip to Leadville with yeah. two 
friends at the time that are now like best family. friends. They're family. Is it family because of that trip? <laughs> Where's Mike Zacco and Lauren McGetrick? <laughs> I mean, you want to talk I about love them like so much. you want to talk about just feelings, yeah. feeling feeling a moment. And knowing that you'll never, you may forget what the moment looked like, but you'll never forget how it felt. If you put on Trouble by Cage the Elephant, I Mm -hmm. will cry. Yeah. At any given point, because how much love and excitement I felt in that moment Mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. And that that was another opportunity where it's like, we could have said we couldn't do it, but we weren't willing to do that. We wanted to invest in that experience. Another one that was really special to me was deciding to go to Florida and, and spend uh, my parents' basically annual vacation to Florida with them um, and getting to spend that time with just them after, yeah. you know, following a really hard part of life that I guess I was still in in a way, but they really, like, helped me through that time of my life and getting to just spend some time with them and, and drop the stress. Um, and then the final experience that's really notable uh, this year is is traveling to Long Island, New York, and supporting um, Chris for the Long Island yeah. 150 when he yeah. rucked 150 miles across Long Island, and it, it, was, it was getting to support him, and then getting to meet more amazing people. That now we have a few coming out to Rocky Raccoon in February You're to so help excited. crew. I hope they could see the twinkle in your eye in that word. <laughs> I'm I am so excited to be around these people. That yeah. like the running comes secondary. That's not to say I'm not going to like run yeah. my heart out out there, but I'm going to run my heart out out there because of the people that are there supporting. And some of those people were met through that experience of going to Long Island. Shout out to Dan Marchese. Hey. <laughs> and, and just like it, you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah. Like building those connections, having those memories, learning those lessons through those experiences. You, you can't. Read a book and get the same value. Yeah. You can't watch a movie and get the same value. You have to put yourself in the situation and you can't put a price tag on it, but there is a price tag. And that's the investment. You have to be willing to invest in that experience over other things. And I did that multiple times this year. And every single time I've done it, I can honestly say it was the right decision to make. Yeah. And because of that, it's it's a really valuable lesson that I've learned this year that I'm so excited to carry into next year, the coming year. So that's lesson number one for each of us. You want to build upon that one with okay. your lesson number two? Yeah. So um, on top of that, I was going to wait to do this one a little bit later because I have a couple of serious ones, but we'll go ahead and jump in there. Um, it goes on to the importance of fun. I mean, this year... There was so many random times where people would just ask me to go somewhere. And instead of, you know, it felt like for the first time, especially we're going to just keep talking about it. But when we were apart, there's a lot of stuff that came to light where I would genuinely just ask you if you thought something sounded fun or I would second guess what I wanted to do because I thought you wouldn't want to do it. And so when we were separate, I had to figure out what I actually wanted to do. Mm Um, what I like to do. And one of the biggest things was just saying yes to like plans with friends. I remember um, a really special friend during this time for me was Ryan and Ryan and I went to a couple of concerts together and just having the live music experience with all these random strangers and my boy Ryan out here just doing his thing 
And we would just be having the best time existing in a sea of people. And that was crazy. And then, I mean, even with Jules, like, she's like, hey, do you want to ride out to Ironman, Texas with me? Because I don't want to go alone. And I'm like, of course, I want to hang out for 12 hours that day and watch people do crazy stuff that I don't really Mm know. And just saying yes. Um, You know, having fun in wildest ways. Like, my family asked me to go on vacation with them, too. And we went on separate vacations Mm -hmm. at different times during um, the summer. And, you know, going out with my friend Rayleigh, like there was so many times where I would have been in the past shy to say yes or second guess if it would actually be worth the experience. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, like that's that's not what I want to do. Like I have other things I can do. Um, You know, I have to take my life really seriously and make sure that I get all my things done and be as efficient as possible. And in that I was like making myself blind to so many cool experiences like going to Leadville, um, you know, I literally almost spent a whole month living with my friend Jesse because she just kept asking me to come hang out. And I kept mm-hmm. telling myself, yeah, I'm going to say yes. You know, it's just the crazy stuff that happens when you start opening your world to different things, you know, um, that can go into something a little extra wild if we want. It's kind of my Is it another lesson. It's another lesson. Let me pause you there because I think it's really important to emphasize this point. Like, have fun and enjoy the experience. No, the, the point that you made that we keep discussing it, we keep discussing our breakup. Yeah. Let's be, like, very clear that that was the hardest part of our year. Oh, yes. And we are not, I, I'm not I don't want other proud, people to break up. But are you proud to talk about it? I'm not proud to talk about it, necessarily. I'm not ashamed to talk yeah. about it. But it's not something where we're like, oh, we're going to record an entire podcast episode over our breakup. It's a lesson to say that the hardest thing that you go through is probably going to teach you the most. Yeah. And because this was the hardest thing we went through this year, all of these valuable lessons that will stick with us for years to come are a direct result of that really challenging time of our lives. Yeah. And for the person listening, my encouragement to you is when you deal with a really challenging moment, do what you need to to get through it, but be very aware of what you're learning. And be very aware and and able to reflect upon that experience once you're on the other side of it, because yeah. the value that you gain from that will stick with you well beyond the feelings that you have of that challenging moment. For me, I just want to tell everyone, even if so, Austin saying journal after. I don't agree with that. Um, I journaled everything i didn't say anything about journal you said you know like reflect afterwards for me reflecting i'm holding my journal from 2023 and it has literally a play-by-play of every single emotion and all the big life events i had literally either the day of or the day after something crazy happened and looking back right now at the very end of the year is insane to see what I felt in that moment, and then being able to feel what I felt the next moment. And it's like watching a movie almost of my life um, and being able to make my own summary of what I learned. And that's so cool. So, you know, you can reflect after it's passed, but if you even want to reflect, if you're a person who needs to write it down, like me, like go for it. Because the only person who's going to wonder what happened this year on that deep of a level as you. So it's really a present to yourself. Well, yeah, and, and being able to reflect requires that you were aware of what was happening in the moment, for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, you can't just turn your brain off in these moments and like, you can't rely upon things that take you out of reality. I think you have to be very aware and acceptant of the reality that you're facing as hard as it may be. And journaling is a really a great opportunity to reflect upon that reality. Uh, music was something that I relied upon a lot this year to, I guess, in a way, take me out of like the hardships of reality, but also to place me in a more calm situation that I could kind of gather more information about the reality that was going on around me. Um, so all that to say, don't run from what you're experiencing. Like lean into it a little bit. And, um, when you do that, you're, you're setting yourself up to be, be stronger as a result, but also, um, to be in a position where you can share these experiences with people. Yeah. You can, you can take something that, you know, you want to run from at first, and then you're sitting here recording a podcast on it because it was so important for, uh, your life. And you know that these lessons are also going to help other people as well. Yeah. So number two for me, is quality, not quantity, of relationships directly correlates to quality and perhaps quantity of life. Say it one more time. Yep, I know. So <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sitting here watching the words in my brain try to organize themselves, and I know that you're also probably struggling because you're probably doing something else while you listen to this. So let's go one more time. Do it we'll, slow. We'll break it down. So <laughs> quality over quantity in pretty much all things in life. I believe in that. And I think relationships is a perfect example of when we need to lean into quality. We want relationships that are going to allow us to grow. We want relationships that are going to really support our lives and nourish our souls and like all of these ways that you want to break down relationships. But like at the end of the day, you want people that you care deeply about and that care deeply about you. That's quality. It's not quantity. It's not how many people can I be friends with? How big is this community that I'm a part of? It's a matter of leaning into nurturing and fostering deep and meaningful relationships. So that's the first part of it. Quality, not quantity of relationships. And if you're fortunate enough to have a large amount of really deep, meaningful relationships, good for you. But I know for a lot of people, especially kind of at the age where we're at, uh, late 20s, it's like we have a few really good friends. And I think this year was a really great example for me to say like, hey, a few is a really good amount of really good friends. Because as long as they're amazing friends, that's all you need. So quality, not quantity of relationships. And if you have that quality... It directly correlates to the quality of your life. But then I added that other part of perhaps it even correlates to the quantity of your life, your lifespan. Uh, and the reason that I... I finally got that clicked. I don't know why. I just had to wait till right then. The reason that I worked that one in there is because there was a study I remember hearing about um, from Harvard. And you may have heard about it too. Abby, I think we've talked about it. Definitely um, heard it. From you. <laughs> yeah, you've heard from me. So <laughs> Definitely have touched that one a few times. It's a Harvard study um, that's essentially been going on for 80 plus years. Um, so they started studying oh people in adolescence, and they were going to study the greatest influencing factors on health, longevity, lifespan. And they probably expected to see really practical applications like 
type of workout, how you ate, you know, how much sleep you were getting, things like that. Yeah. That was kind of what they expected to really be able to measure. What they did not expect to have as a, a really major takeaway was that genuine connection with others is really what is going to increase the quality and also the quantity of your yeah. life. That's incredible. They found that having a significant other who you can share your life with can drastically influence your lifespan. They found that having really good friends in a really tight circle can drastically influence your, your lifespan and also the quantity of your life. So um, that's something that I remember hearing about it a few years ago. Um, and you shouldn't have to remind yourself of that. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't want to live on this earth by myself. I don't want to do everything for myself. Um, and it, it almost seems so obvious when you're doing it. Like when you're engaged in those meaningful relationships. Yeah. So fulfilling. And yet, in pursuit of a goal, in pursuit of personal growth, in pursuit of financial stability, like we sacrifice these relationships because we think we're running out of time we need more time in the day and the only way to really take advantage of the time in the day we have is to do it on our own to isolate ourselves to try to do everything ourselves so many moments this past year though where i've just taken a step back and i've been like these people around me are giving me everything i need at this point in my life whether that be family whether that be you whether that be friends that we shared experiences with so excited to continue to invest in that in 2024 so meaningful uh and i mean when you talk about like i know a lot of people talk about finding a job that like you just feel so fulfilled um you know no matter how hard you work you're exhausted but like you feel really fulfilled at the end of the day yeah i think about it in terms of relationships like i'm gonna do whatever i can with these people whatever i can for these people and that fulfills me no matter what that takes away from other areas of my life this yeah. is the thing that I want to invest in. We already have so many trips booked just yeah. to see friends, yeah. like, and, well, and to do decision, things with them. The decisions we've made too yeah. is with the understanding that we want to have that opportunity. We want to be able to travel with friends. We want to be able to support friends. Yeah. And we can't do that unless we make certain decisions on the front end. So it's recognizing your values. And that goes to kind of the second point on this lesson learned for me. And it's that when you have a genuine connection with other people, it allows you to recognize the things that you admire in them. The friends that we have, I see things that I admire in them every single day. And because of that, it's not like, oh, I see this thing that they're good at that I'm not. And it's not the belief that I can't be good at that. Yeah. It's that, oh, I want to also represent that value that I see them putting forth in their, their lives on a consistent basis. So when you surround yourself with amazing people, it makes you better because it makes you want to work towards things that you're seeing them represent. What's that quote we were talking about the other day where it's like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to lo- like leave that room. But yeah. I think that's a huge thing too for all the other qualities. Like, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I guarantee I'm not the smartest person in most <laughs> rooms. Um, but I want to be you know, in a room full of people who have qualities I want to pull from. I want to be a student of my friends, Mm -hmm. you know? I want to bring something to the table, but what I can bring the best is me, and what the best they can bring is them, 
and some of our friends are going to excel at different things and we get to just all coexist in this little ecosystem of improvement whether or not it's like a conscious effort or you're just rubbing off on each other you know i think it's an area of growth for a lot of people is you need to recognize how you feel when you when you are faced with uh, a less than ideal reality of who you are oh yeah when things aren't going your way it shows i mean this is a lesson from this year in itself i guess but who are you when the lights are turned off you know who are you i'm asleep when things are not going well um when it starts raining when your tires flat when shit hits the fan you know who do you want to be do you want to be that person who's blowing up or do you want to be a person who's calm under pressure Mm-hmm. going back to the steadfast thing you know do you want to be the person who under trial is still themselves who you believe them to be mm-hmm. i hope you are what is your third lesson learned from 2023 i don't know if i'm ready for this one. i'm gonna cry okay <laughs> no i'm not even kidding okay yeah we did not share these as i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast we did not share these yeah. with each other so um So I will cry. It's fine. Um, It's advocate for yourself. Okay. So um, (laughs) I am going to cry. It's awful. Anyways. Can I read my third lesson really quick? Yeah, you read yours while I'm crying for like three minutes. If you don't advocate for yourself, no one will. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is so funny because we didn't talk about this ahead of time at all. But um, this year was so hard. Um, I'm so sorry. Okay, so you have to advocate for yourself because when things were really hard and when things do get hard, how many times have you thought to yourself that you're having a really hard day or you're having like the hardest situation or, you know, life's just not going your way? How many times do you look to your neighbors and think, they know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Or especially, like, say you're having a really bad day and something slightly inconvenient happens to you, like some random thing. Like, you're at Starbucks and someone else gets your drink and you're like, that asshole took advantage of my bad day and made it worse. Yeah. No one knows what's going on in your life except for you. And there are so many times this year where I just had to almost drop my, I, I did have to drop my ego and tell people this isn't perfect like what you think is going on is not true um and especially at work like I mean I was a mess (laughs) for a good amount of like April and people would be like why are you like why are you upset right now or whatever and you 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 can't ask for what you need unless you tell them And another part of this, too, is there was just such cool, genuine connection that happened between these friends that um, I made and you made this year where no one knows your story and the deepest, darkest secrets unless you tell them. Um, I remember, I mean, Austin and I have been together for six years. We've been friends, God, since. Decade. Yeah, almost 11 years now, I think. Um, and I told him something that I never told anyone and he was just so great. Um, (laughs) so sorry. Okay. 
And it gave me so much strength to be able to get something off my chest. I'm so sorry, I just keep crying. Um, anyways. But being able to tell him this situation that had happened to me, I mean, well over 20 years ago, for the first time in our relationship, gave so much um, clarity on a lot of things for him, I believe. But also it made our relationship better because he understood where I had been coming from and some of the stuff that I had done in the past as a result from that situation. Um, and being able to tell him, let me be able to tell a few other people since then. And no one understands, you know, your backstory unless you tell them. So it's kind of the same thing with advocating for yourself. No one knows your story except for you. And if you don't tell people, how are they supposed to care and show up for you in the way that you need? Um, and just asking for help isn't vulnerability. I don't like that word. Um, we talked about this the other day. That vulnerability kind of sucks. Vulnerability is a cheap word for intimacy. And I'd much rather have intimacy with my friends um, and my family and my significant other um, than feel like I have to be vulnerable. Because when you have intimacy with someone, it's not a special occasion that you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Intimacy means that you're able to comfortably come to the table and take what you need and give them what you have. And it's, you know, just a transactional situation where you don't feel guilty for bringing what you have and you're not feeling guilty for taking what you need in that scenario. Um, Whether that be, you know, today I have strength and you have um, time or you know, for us, a big thing is like Austin has logic and I have creativity and a lot of emotions, as you can tell. Um, but like being able to advocate for yourself would mean that I'm able to say, I need to borrow your brain for a little bit. Um, I need, you know, uh, unbiased opinion of something or I just need a little extra grace on this day because something happened that reminds me of something else and life's a little hard but you can get into your side I didn't mean to cry this much it's okay I'm glad you did and as you're talking um you're talking about intimacy and you mentioned coming to the table and it made me think of the word communion so I googled the definition of communion I find (laughs) it really interesting the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. And I think that's something we should all aspire to have more of in the coming year, whether it be spiritual or whether it be just a mental exchange between you and a significant other, you and a family member, you and an amazing friend. Let's share in communion more often. Let's share and exchange thoughts that we need to get out into the world. Yeah. It does not feel good to bottle this stuff up. <laughs> it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And it's important to be able to, this is it's like such a cliche term, but like to <laughs> speak your truth 
Oh, man. In a way, I, I hate that I even said that. <laughs> like, dear Lord. I hate that I cried. You hate that you said something kind of chewy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to put that on a wall. It's going to be the background of the podcast from now on. By Ray Dunn. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but it's reality. And here's the thing. If you have to, you know, have these discussions with yourself or maybe with your God, like if you are a spiritual person, before you bring that to someone else, do that. You've got a journal in front of you that you were reflecting upon before we started recording. You were coping with a lot of these feelings through journaling. And that's important. That's, this is not to say that you need to, to bring these like unbaked feelings to someone and, and trauma dump. That's yeah. a term, right? Like yeah. you don't need a trauma dump on people. Like this is about genuine connection, about helping each other through challenging situations and about helping people to understand that they're not alone. And if you want to help people understand they're not alone, they're going to need to see it. Like yeah. There needs to be a body of proof that you too are going through yeah. hard things. And I think it's really popular right now to say the word trauma dump. And I think a lot of people feel apologetic. And even I just did this too, where I felt sorry the whole time. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad that I'm crying right now. But, um, you know, crying implies shame, like feeling bad about crying implies shame. Trauma dumping, saying the word dump implies shame, yeah. where it's like, instead of feeling like when you're going to someone telling them what you have going on, it lets try in 2024, um, you know, to lead with the truth, whether or not you want to attach feelings to that or not. Because if you go into this already feeling bad for what you have, to tell like to tell people or to ask you're already putting yourself in a weird position where you're saying I'm not worthy of whatever they're going to give me back mm-hmm. and that's not advocating for yourself yeah does that make sense i think so i think what i'm trying to say is like it's not shameful to no. advocate for yourself and it's not shameful to be able to speak your truth um and say exactly what you have going on what you had going on and what you need to have happen the importance of having really important relationships in direct conversation it's not expected that you can go to anybody and have these types of conversations those people are the worst i will tell you when you show up somewhere and say you're just at the grocery store and you're just trying to check out your groceries we had an experience and oh man they yeah. just sometimes people just go for it. And I think that's what I meant when I said trauma dump is like you're not just throwing it around like a bag of candy. Yeah. But you know who to go. I know who I can go to. Yeah. You know who you can go to. And this is an important part to it as well. Are you helping the people that you care about understand that they can come to you? Yeah, and are you are you able are you able to have space for that? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, that's okay, but you need to tell them that day you're not able to hold space and just being direct because not every day is going to be where every single person you feel comfortable with is going to be able to hold it because they're having to abdicate for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those where, you know, sometimes it's checking in and saying, I have a lot to say real quick. Um, Do you have space for me? And you say, yeah, I'm good. And I'm like, here we go. Back up the dump truck. The trauma dump truck, that is. Not the, the, not the butt. <laughs> not the dumpy. <laughs> the dumpy up. I had to laugh a little bit yeah, after that. Yeah, so, <laughs> Sorry. It's so interesting, it though, that I, I can't believe ours are overlapping like this. But my, my third one is if you don't advocate for yourself, no one will. Yeah. Um, this a lot 
in a lot of ways goes back to losing my job. And I will say, and this is like, I take ownership over that experience. And I take ownership to the point that like, I had to really reflect upon like how I felt about myself. Cause I was taking ownership over things that at some point you just have to forgive yourself and move on. Yeah. But you have to, you have to understand that you might be acting out of fear more often than not. I acted out of fear for a very long time. Um, fear that I would lose what I had, fear that I would mess something up, fear that I wasn't good enough. And in acting out of fear, I was not taking the actions of advocating for myself. And because I wasn't asking for the support that I needed, I wasn't asking for the help to make me better, to, to build up the confidence. You have to, we mentioned it earlier, you have to stack wins. Yeah. I wasn't even letting myself get a win. I was just assuming I'm not going to get a win. I hope they don't notice I'm continuing to lose and that <laughs> things aren't going well. Like, I, I'm a loser and I hope no one <laughs> finds out. I mean, in, in many ways, like we can find ourselves in that situation. Yeah. If we're in a place of such diminished levels of confidence, then we're like a turtle hiding in their shell. But guess what? If you're hiding in your shell in the middle of the road, you're still going to get run over. Oh. <laughs> and, and that shell's only so strong. That was violent. I mean, sorry. I'm so sorry. It's We're a just, pretty good analogy. I'm at the angle in this room right now where I'm staring at a road. Oh, sorry. And I'm like, wow, oh, there's no turtles. But it's the truth. You, That's you, true. You can't, you can't hide behind a hard exterior for yeah. too long because yeah. you'll get found out. And... I heard this the other day and it it really like was comforting to me to hear this. Such a simple thing, but the you like what you have to bring to the table is enough. Yeah. Yeah. You are enough if you let your full self come out into a situation. The problem is so often we're giving half of ourselves to the world and we're saving the other half to protect ourselves just in case anything goes wrong. Yeah, there's always something in the reserve. There's never a time where you bear everything. Mm-hmm. So, it, and, and what does that get you? Half in and half out. That's I want, weird. I want my 2024 to be about advocating for myself, yes, but also giving my full self without the fear or maybe in the face of the fear because the fear will probably still be there but can I recognize the fear and embrace the amount of space that I have between that feeling of fear and the time that I take action? And then in taking action, can I give my full self to that situation in face of that fear? That fear is not going to stop me from giving who I am to the situation. Yeah. I'm tired of bringing half of myself to the table. I'm tired of hiding underneath my shell. And the other way that I looked at this too was you can't live to please others. Like you can't, you can't could be live, a lesson in its own. You can't live in hopes that someone is going to deem that you are enough. No one's going to give you that reward. Um, and if you're waiting for someone to give you the crown that you made it and that you're enough, you're going to be waiting forever. They just don't care. The, everyone else is too busy worrying that they're not enough. Well, and that's another thing, too. No one cares if you don't ask them to. Right. Like, that's the whole point of advocate for yourself. No one knows that you're even waiting for that crown or that validation. 
if you haven't brought it up. I mean, how many times as a little kid, this is a great example because we were just through Christmas, where you thought you were going to be like, I'm not going to tell Santa that I want this present. I just know that he's going to know what I want. And now as adults, (laughs) you know, there's literally no way Santa is going to read your mind unless you tell Santa. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I wasn't worried about the explicit part, but I really just don't want to spoil it for the kids. I don't think we have any <laughs> under 12-year-old listeners to this podcast. But anyways, hey, if you're 13 and still believe, that's cool. Um, but you know what I'm saying? There's no way someone's going to read your mind and think, you know what? The compliment this person really needs today is that they're pretty or that they're smart or that they're doing a good job. I genuinely don't move through my life and my day thinking what someone else needs me to tell them except for, you know, work-related things where I absolutely have to tell someone what's going on or what's happening. But you don't look at, like, me and think, oh, Abby needs me to say whatever, like, insert here. We don't think like that. So why would you assume someone else does? So if you're advocating for yourself, you're telling them, I need you to consider me. And it's reciprocal too. Like once you open that door, they're comfortable asking you. And that's all about becoming better friends with people and like having that intimacy with someone else to have that conversation. You know, I was in a a really unique situation of my life that I never thought I'd find myself in this past year of being around people that I looked up to for a long time and you can put these people on a pedestal and when you get into that reality into the daily world of a person that you look up to for a long time you see that they have insecurities too and a lot of the actions that people try to take are not actually like quote-unquote betting on themselves or like taking these really courageous actions, they're actually just trying to cover up their insecurities. So many people are just going throughout their lives trying to hide the insecurities that they have for themselves, and they're covering it up through these extreme things that they're doing or, you know, this, like, uh, mask that they're putting on in a way it's not their true selves. And when you get around them... You realize the mask comes off. The mask comes off, and you realize that, gosh, dang it, I have a mask on too. Yeah. And I'm trying to hide my own insecurities. And you do that for too long, you realize it's going to come back to bite you. I view it as like you find yourself in a, in a body of water. Oh, are you going to sit? So scary. You're in the middle of an ocean. Are you going to sit there and are you going to tread the water hoping that a wave doesn't come? Or are you going to realize that a wave's going to come? I better start swimming. I hope you start swimming. I'm there, so scared of the water. There's, there are waves in our lives and they're going to crash over top of you. You better start swimming. You better start advocating for yourself. Because if you don't, if you just try to like play it safe and tread the water, it's not going to work out for too long. And it's not the thing that, that you need to build the confidence, to put you in a better position, to do the big things, to influence the people, to have the really important connections. That's what we're looking for. So yeah. that's our third lesson. Apparently, number three was a big one for both of us. So Wait, I'm just disappointed that you didn't cry, but that's fine. Maybe we'll get there. Disappointed, but not surprised, right? It's one of those things. Austin only cries a few times a year. Um, I would say 
once a year, but this year we have a record to break. I cry at very random and inconvenient times. He likes to cry a lot when he does um, some type of back motion. Usually it's... Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, that sounds awful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> you got to explain that. Yeah, okay. I had one experience in Colorado. I was doing oh. penlay rows. It sounds like a band camp story. I was doing penlay rows, which are a barbell rowing movement. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about now. And uh, I felt Just something like tighten up in my back. And I guess thinking that I had injured myself. That was the last straw. Really set in motion all these feelings that then came to the surface. Uh, and I randomly started crying in the Nothing middle of the like gym crying in Colorado. Crying at a 24-hour fitness. And then another, yeah, well, the story of me crying earlier this year was also on a day I was training back. One really random thing went wrong, uh, not physically, but uh, it really it hurt my feelings, and I got really Ugh. emotional over just the dumbest thing ever. Um, but <laughs> all that to say, like, if you're covering stuff up and acting like it's not there, It'll come to the surface pretty quickly, and, and you're going to cry uh, when you're doing your next back day in the gym. So don't do that. Yep. Make sure your back days are safe in 2024. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Number four, what is your fourth lesson learned? Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay, I'm excited. I kind of had seven just in case I went off the rails because I had to over-prepare. But if you look at my um, preparation versus Austin's, his is a synopsis that looks like it could uh, rival someone's senior thesis. And mine is the same amount of stuff that could fit on a napkin. So we have different levels of prep. But all that to say is um, I'm never, ever going to regret being raw with someone. So it kind of jumps back onto that intimacy and advocacy thing where it's like a thing, not sing. Oh my gosh. But um, intimacy isn't a dirty word. And the more intimate you can be with a smaller group of friends, the better your experience is going to be. For me, that looks like, in a way, there's like this wives' tale where you would make yourself go over to your neighbor's house right when they first move in right and you're going to ask for a cup of sugar it's super simple it's incredibly simple but when you do that it leads it to where they would definitely have that or just even like salt something silly like just a random home house item that is cheap and it like it's very accessible when you do that it leads it to making them feel comfortable where they can ask you for something and that's a huge thing from this year where it's like having that intimacy to be able to say hey can you help me this way i'd love to be able to help you in like reciprocation so it's kind of just jumping off of number three to be honest with you it's like three and a half so what what's an actionable step for someone to take based or that you might take based on that lesson that you've learned this year yeah um be open to the people around you i'm going to use the word community which that's fine. Okay, it's a word. I know. It's just there's so many bad connotations. Buzzwords. We've talked a lot about buzzwords recently with community, but community that's I don't one. know what else to say. Neighborhood, <laughs> um, but it gives you the ability to connect with Cult. people. Um, <laughs> are there a lot of c words actually. Um, whoa, whoa, sorry. Um, collective. Collective. Oh, there you go. Collective. Yeah. There Not you community. Go. Collective. We'll be a collective. You're collective. Um. What was the question? <laughs> what is, what is, 
What is something that you will carry into 2024 as a, an actionable step based on that lesson that you've just discussed? Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. It's fine. So for me, an actionable step would be asking people um, when they need help and actually giving them options. So a lot of people, when shit happens to people that's bad, you're going to say, oh my gosh, tell me what I can do to help you. That is so unhelpful. I'm so sorry. I will pop everyone's bubble. When you have something bad happen to you, the last piece of energy you want to use is to sit there and think, oh, this is some stupid thing I can assign them so they can feel good about feeling bad for me. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a hot take. I got really passionate right then. But if you come at me after I had something awful happen, like say on a low level situation, I got my credit card stolen, right? Okay. So what can you do to help me? You're going to say, oh my gosh, that sucks. Well, I had a sweet, wonderful friend when this happened this year. I, really, my credit card didn't get stolen. I was running at Texas Ironman and it fell out of my pocket, but whatever. So I had no money and I was in Houston. So my friend Jules is like, here are some options. I can pay for dinner. I can send you a Venmo. I can use Apple Pay. Here are the things that we can do tonight. We can figure it out together. I will pay for your gas. Whatever we needed to do to get home. Instead of saying, tell me what I can do to help where it puts mm -hmm. all the pressure on me. So this year, my challenge to build intimacy with those around me is to give them options on ways that I feel comfortable and confident and showing up for them mm. and things that I know I can do well and in my scope of skills yeah, and also energy. Like, I don't want to say that I will be there for you, um, you know, at a race that I have no idea how I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, even further than that, like, I can't commit to doing crazy things for people that I have no funds for this year. But I can tell you other ways I can show up for you. Just because the way, you know, the open-endedness of it all it feels like it's more on them. Uh, I think it's better, in my opinion, after this last year, to show up and have options. Mm -hmm. Tell them how you can show up for them. Yeah, I really like that. Um, because the last thing you want as the person who's like, tell me what I can do for you. Yeah. Think about it. Anytime you've been like, yeah, I'll help you out to someone. And then they tell you how they want you to help them out. And you're overwhelmed. And you're like, oh no, can I do anything but that? You said that really does sound bad. Yeah. So I love that to understand your strengths and in a way that's advocating for yourself again is, Hey, these are my strengths. This is how I can best help you as yeah. like a specialist in these areas of helping people. Let me do this to, to make your life easier. One thing I know we can do is we can help you move, depending on the person, because we are really good at moving. We've done it. A couple of times. I learned I can haul a lot with my Subaru. Oh, uh, that thing's broken. At the Not time. sure if the engine's working. So number four for me is, <laughs> we're, this is where we're probably divert, not diverging, um, pulling apart from kind of these same ideas that we've had. Isn't that the same word? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> So my fourth lesson learned is success requires a vision. Without vision, there is no direction. And without direction, there is no purpose. That is very you. That is, yeah, that one was very me. I 
I think on the outside, I'd look like a very driven person. I think I look like someone who has this very detailed plan for how I want my life to go. I know how to execute the thing that sits right in front of me. And I really struggle with piecing together a vision for what I want the next 12, 24 months or multiple years to look like in my life. And I think that's an area that I really need to grow in because I think if I can look at what I want and then backwards plan to the micro level of the day by day, I excel in the day by day. I don't excel in the month to month, year to year. Yeah. And understanding that about myself will allow me to then be more intentional with establishing that vision. And that vision will provide direction. It's not going to detail every single step I need to take, but it'll allow me to know, am I at least going in the direction that I'm hoping to go? Does this decision that I'm about to take move me in the right direction? Is there purpose behind what I'm doing? You and I had a moment of communion a few weeks ago, and we were just talking about what we wanted the future to look like. I was talking about what I hope to create. You were talking about what you want over the next few years. And the way that I kind of reflect on that is like we were creatively brainstorming like what we wanted our lives to be. And it was actually really fun. Yeah. It was it was actually like really liberating from the challenges that we've faced this year to be able to speak these things and you almost get momentum behind your words. You're like, well yeah, and then we're gonna do this and this, it's gonna lead us here. And you realize that, oh, this is what I want. And I had to take a step back, slow down just enough to have this conversation. To be able to understand what I want. Sometimes like awareness follows the words falling out of your mouth. Yeah, there's and, a saying where it's like your tongue is your, was it, rudder? Yeah. Or your oar. Rudder, not oar, rudder. Yes. <laughs> Probably either works. It helps you direct your life. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the words that you speak, and, and in a way, it's an accountability measure, too. Like, if I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to speak to my closest friends, like, that this thing is what I want, it's going to hold me accountable in different ways. But that wasn't really the thing that I enjoyed the most about it. It was. It was that as I speak, this vision's coming together. Yeah. And I need to be a lot more intentional in my own life about piecing that vision together. That doesn't mean, though, that in two years, that vision's going to look a lot different. But yeah. it's going to move me in the direction of what I want. And not just what I want. The thing that I've heard so many times that I really love is, Let's, let's not chase a material thing. Let's chase a feeling. You don't have to know what you want. You don't have to know what you want the outcome to be. You just have to have a really good idea of how you want to feel in that moment. And I'm chasing a feeling of fulfillment. I'm chasing a feeling of impact. I'm chasing a feeling of autonomy over my life. Like These are things that I'm pursuing that I want to feel on a daily basis in the next year, two years, three years, beyond. And if I don't piece together that vision, if I don't reflect on where I'm at and project where I'm going, that vision will never come together. It, it, there's, you know, you can't just, there's no success like that. There's no, there's no good luck like that. Sure, we can fall into luck. We can fall into good fortune in our lives, but it's never going to be 
you know, every bit of what you're truly capable of coming together at once unless you're really intentional about it. As uh, the scholar would say, I'm just trying to feel something. <laughs> and there's a, there's a saying that goes with that. Um, it's uh, from the Bible, actually. And it says, without vision, the people will perish. That's Proverbs 29, 18. And I think that's, um, I got into listening to sermons recently. Yeah. Um, sometimes on my oh, runs, sometimes which before one. my runs. Um, it's very good. Legacy Church in Nashville, right? Yeah. yeah. So the Legacy Nashville podcast, I think is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their, their pastor um, at that church is really great. There's some amazing sermons from the month of November 2023 that I would recommend. And I know in one of those sermons, um, he mentioned that saying of without vision, the people will perish. And it's not to say without a vision, you will die, but it's to say that like without a vision, you have no purpose without a vision. Like you are not living your full life. Yeah. You are not giving all of who you are to the world without a vision. So search for that vision. Be really intentional about discovering that vision. State that vision to the people that you want to share it with. And also, you know, another piece, well, it's actually my fifth lesson, so I'm not going to jump forward. Stop it. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to slow it down. Well, okay. But here's the other thing, too, on this. Be, Be brave enough to say it. Because here's a lot of people out here, I feel like, are wanting something they crave something but they don't feel qualified for whatever reason to let themselves think that they deserve that a lot of us i believe see qualities in our friends or achievements in our friends and i mean even greater than that which is something that i would love to get better for in 2024 but in influencers and feeling influenced by those people um, local celebrities or internet celebrities and seeing stuff that people have and idolizing them for that. But the reason you're idolizing it too is not because you see yourself as having that available to you. And why is that? Why don't you think that you can have what you're looking for in them? Like what is that you know, attribute that you're looking at to these people that you're already counting yourself out from not having. Because that's kind of what I want from this, you know, that lesson would be going into my fifth lesson is be brave enough to say yes to yourself. Like do the scary shit. Make yourself a little uncomfortable to let yourself think that you can be as big as whatever that is, person, idol, feeling that you don't think you deserve because there's a reason that you want something there's absolutely so many combinations in this world of how your life can go but there's a deep itch in all of us Mm -hmm. for the things that we're meant to do yeah and you can't stop yourself from thinking about it Mm -hmm. like for me this year has been such a wild year for calling my shot And I, listing all this stuff, like, I would have never imagined all of that would be in the, like, the order or, like, the way it all worked out or any of that. But this is, like, Austin was going to make fun of me for this one. We do this thing. I do it. Austin tolerates it. Where I take some cards. 
every month and I read my cards based on the moon and it's like a tarot card thing. I don't know. It's like pseudoscience, but it helps me predict in a general sense of what the feelings I'm going to go through for the next month are. And that has gotten me so far this last year into believing the craziest things that I thought were unavailable to my life come true. So if it scares you and you can't stop thinking about it, there's a reason for it. And if you have it on your brain when you say, you know, this person achieved this great thing and you keep thinking, man, that's so cool. So for like a lot of us, we'll see people do marathons and we think, oh my gosh, I could never. Or you thought you could never get that time. But why do you think you want that? Why do you keep thinking about it? And is it because you're destined to do it? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand the ins and outs of the cards necessarily, but every single month you give me a sticky note with a few highlights, sometimes <laughs> lowlights. Um, some, some bad notes. I will say it's usually pretty accurate, um, but we don't have to get into the, the accuracy necessarily. I think the, the important part of it for me is being able to look at this sticky note that you give me every single month. And I'm looking at the January 2024 one right now. And just one statement that I'll kind of read from it is like, it is time to release anything that does not serve you. Another one says, the time for courage is here. The way that I look at those things is as like a a way to narrow my gaze on things that might be important for me in, in the next season of life. There's a lot of different ways that we can look around right? And we can, we can look at our lives through a lot of different lenses. And if I look at something through the lens of like courage, I think I'm probably putting myself in a pretty good situation if I'm courageous in January 2024. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm putting myself in a pretty good situation if I'm, you know, really focusing on the things that, that serve me in 2024. So, I don't, I don't get too deep into what all the moon stuff means, but the, moon is telling the way that things. I look at it is like you are allowed to really narrow your gaze on specific areas of your life that you feel like need to be emphasized in that season of your life. And to be aware of that, to hold yourself accountable to that, and to then be able to put the action behind it, I think is a way to serve yourself so that you can then serve others. Yeah, I think of it kind of like a fortune cookie where it's like, take what you need out of this mm-hmm. and interpret it as you will. And if that's, you know, the push that you need to do something crazy, do it. Like for me, the big my number five lesson is do the stuff that scares you. Listen to yourself, trust your intuition and just go for it. I mean, this year I told myself I'd run a marathon. I ran a marathon. I told myself I would get a sick, gigantic tattoo. Did it. We got it. I would be a powerlifter. Did it. If you would have told me, you know, looking back, that little old me a couple years ago, that I would run marathons and be as badass as I feel like I am now, I'd be shook, you know? And it's all because I did stuff that scared me and I listened to my intuition and I read these cards and I interpret it as encouragement to keep on going. Mm -hmm. Even when stuff was hard and even to prepare myself for when things were going to get hard. um, I just think that, you know, do the stuff that scares you and 
to listen to your gut. That's number five. Yeah, and, and building on your number five, and then I'll carry it into my number five. Um, there was something that in kind of like doing a little bit of research on my fifth lesson I found, uh, it's like Jeff Bezos's idea or framework and it's called the regret minimization framework. Oh, and essentially it was like when he started Amazon, he left his hedge fund job that was probably really secure and comfortable and paid him just fine. Um, and he decided to go out on a limb and create Amazon. Dad's like a book company, right? Yeah, to sell books online off of the framework that he would regret it more if he didn't. Yeah. No matter whether it was successful or not, he would have more regret in the future for having not tried than if he would have stayed at that comfortable job. And I think that's kind of what you're speaking to is like, don't leave room for regret. If there's something tugging at you and you're really uncertain about it, but you feel like you want to put some action behind it, put some momentum behind it, put some wheels on it, like do it, put some wheels on it, man. Like do it because we don't need room for regret. Um, It's not a feeling that anyone wants to feel. And I think like, you know, a lot of people want to act like you won't have regret in your life. You shouldn't have regret in your life. You shouldn't, you shouldn't doubt yourself. That's not reality. You're going to doubt yourself probably every single day. And there are really, I mean, I have things that I regret in 2023. Does that mean that I would go back in time and change it? Probably not because I've been able to see the good that's come from it. But does that mean I don't still have regrets? Absolutely not. So there is room for regrets in life. It's going to happen. So if you want to run the decisions that you're making through that framework, like really reflect on or really think about, like, am I going to regret not doing this thing? And if the answer is that, yes, you will regret it, you need to just do it, whether it's comfortable or not. And it probably won't be comfortable. So my fifth lesson, building off of the fourth one, um, in a way, which is that success requires a vision. My fifth lesson is that vision must change. You must allow the vision to adapt, to change, to call an audible at times. What you believed to be success will at times lead to a dead end. And the best way forward will be to challenge your previous beliefs and reframe your perception of reality. Our reality is fluid. It's yeah. changing at all, the, all the time. What I thought was reality going into 2023 and now coming out of 2023 into 2024, it's changed drastically. Um, and I hope that when I listen to this podcast in 12 months, I realize that my reality has once again changed. And with yeah. it, my vision has adapted to be something even greater than what it was before. But people get stuck in that vision. People believe that the thing that they wanted to pursue is the thing that they have to continue pursuing. The way that they wanted to get there is the way that they have to continue getting there. It's like just put your head down and keep barreling through, but why don't we just raise our head up and actually look around at what's happening around us? Because chances are, like you don't always have to take the hardest way forward. Yeah. Chances are, the way that you truly want to go and you should be going it's actually like, it might be a little bit easier because things, when you start making the right decisions, things do start to work for you. Like that momentum, that domino effect, that's real. And it's all about being able to step back and look at the reality that's going on around you. 
There's a, a book that I read earlier this year. It's called Master of Change, and it's by Brad Stolberg, who's an author I really like. Um, and that book is essentially about like how the world is change. Things are always changing. And our human nature is to resist that change as much as possible. So the book's thesis is essentially to say that like, let's just become really good at change. Yeah. And there's a framework that he has in there, which is uh, four parts. And it's pause, process, plan, proceed. So you're in a moment of life where change is happening around you. And you're forced into a position of adapting to that change and reestablishing what you believe to be your reality. You need to be able to pause. You need to be able to kind of slow things down a little bit. Yeah. I mentioned it earlier, like that space between stimulus, the thing that happens to you or around you, or maybe the thing that you do to initiate some form of change, and that response to that stimulus. We need space between the stimulus and yeah, the response. You need a soft place to land between crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the pause. Process. You have to be able to look at it objectively. You can't get your feelings caught up in it. That's the hardest part. You can't become overly emotional. You have to look at it as objectively as possible to process what reality truly is in that moment. Plan. You have to consider what the next steps forward are. At this point, it's it's really important to rely upon like making the next next right decision as you know it in that moment. Um, and then the last one is proceed, and it, that's the moving forward of it all. Yeah. Um, and I I believe that if you follow that framework, if you're really able to pause and process, and then plan and proceed, you start to see the road unravel in front of you. But that road will not unravel if your head's down. Like if you're walking and you're just staring right to the ground the entire time, you're not going to see anything. You're going to run into a wall or you're going to go the wrong direction probably. Like what are the actual chances you go in the right direction, right? Stop walking, raise your head up, look around, get a 360 view of where you're at and move forward as best you can. But we don't do that. We, we just proceed, 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 proceed. We lock our gaze on what we see. And we believe that, well, there's no right or left, there's only forward. Well, there's a, a right, left, or reverse. Like, there's so many more options than just the one that you have. And uh, there's a, a Buddhist proverb that I came across that I like, too. And it says... I didn't come with any quotes. <laughs> I feel so bad. I just came from the hip. I like it. I, I like the way you did it. Oh, man. But the Buddhist <laughs> proverb goes, To know and not to do is not yet to know. And I know Abby's head is spinning, so I'm going to reread that one. (laughs) To know and not to do. So you know something is right, and yet you're not doing it, is basically as good as not knowing in the first place. Oh. You really need to consider in your life what you know to be true, and are you willing to put action behind what you know to be true. Okay. okay. And that's going to change. Your reality is going to change over the course of time. And you can't let your ego get in the way to say that, oh, what I believe to be right has to be right. I can't be wrong. Hey, I'll be wrong. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be wrong <laughs> every single day really of the year. I'm really being wrong. <laughs> if, it, if it allows me to move in the right direction. Yeah. So let yourself be wrong. Let yourself be humbled. But also let yourself embrace reality and, and reframe your perception of reality 
2024. See how that changes. See how it changes in your favor. Change is probably happening in your favor, whether you believe it or not. So rely upon that. Last point there. Stop focusing on the what and the how. We are so focused on what we're doing and how we're doing it. Let's start focusing more on why we're doing it. Yeah. Why are you here? The intention. It's a loaded question. Intention. Intentionality. It's like one of my favorite words. Yeah. Why are you doing the thing? Because when you bring the why to it, and when you come with a confident why, the what and the how doesn't matter. You can allow your why to influence people in any way, any what, any how that you want to. Think about it in terms of a job. You may not be working your dream job. There's a good chance that no one listening to this podcast right now is working their dream job. There's a lot of times where you're working your dream job and you find out it's not your dream job. Exactly. You, you're not always going to live this like perfect dream and you should not wait to find that perfect reality to believe that you can have a really positive influence through your purpose, through your why. Yeah. So I want to encourage people moving into 2024 Aim to discover deeper levels of that why, of that purpose, but also don't sit back and wait for some what and how to reveal itself for you to then live out that why. Yeah, it goes back to that whole advocacy, you know, like no one's going to write your story for you. You got to write it. You get to decide if you're going to be the villain or the hero and you're going to decide if this is a tragedy, a romance, a Iliad. If you would. <laughs> a ballad. <laughs> a ballad. A sonnet. Just kidding. I'm saying words in literature now. Um, your little English teacher self is dying <laughs> while I'm trying to stumble through English. Um, but you get, you get to decide. I mean, shoot your shot. At the end of the day, it's your narrative. And you get to decide how you're going to handle what pops up in 2024. And if you get to be proud of it at the end. That's it. That is how we reflected upon 2023. We hope that you can reflect on these past 12 months and you have some really powerful lessons that you can carry into the new year and that you can also share with other people. Um, In sharing this episode, I hope that you'll reach out after listening and maybe share a lesson or two with Abby and I. Yeah. Um, We'd love to hear a lesson learned from you. Uh, and, and we just appreciate you listening to this podcast. This podcast um, started at the beginning of August. I have not necessarily been consistent with it um, in the past few months, but it's something that I'm excited about in 2024. It's something that I'm excited to put a lot of energy behind, something that I believe in. Um, I mean, I can, I can weave the idea of being steadfast into every single part of today's discussion if we, I wanted to. We could just out here ask people coming up in 2024 to define steadfast every episode if we really wanted to i don't want to do that (laughs) um i'm not i'm not trying to beat a dead horse but i am trying to encourage you um to live a steadfast approach in your life um and to live this life with intentionality i hope that you're excited about 2024 i'm excited about it for us i'm excited about it for you and i want to thank you for listening